Welcome back to the Guardian Project Podcast. This is episode 168, and I'm your host, Andy. This episode's Voiceless Spirit. Oh, that's oh, fun. I lost my voice this weekend. It was a long weekend where I was outside just talking really loud and yelling, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yep, been there. Been Old there. man yells at clouds. That's me. <laughs> you sound like me after every robotics tournament. So, you know, I can't give you, I can't give you any crap. And I'm your other host, Mike, and I'm really digging this read-ahead ability for sagas, being able to start them on any chapter. It really lets you avoid those bore counters and get straight to those lore counters. Am I right? I did dig really deep for that one. You did. Which is also a bore joke. You bore that hole? Yeah, that's how dig. I had to dig. <laughs> that's yeah. how dig works in That's Pokemon. how dig I had to deep, yeah. <laughs> that's how dig I had to deep. <laughs> Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast about Commander. Our favorite Magic Gathering format. Mike, how was your Labor Day weekend? Uh, not long enough, as most long weekends uh, feel like the best thing in the world. And then Tuesday comes around and it feels like Monday. Oh, man, it did. Honestly, having a short week last week, because I was off for Friday, so we went down to SDG Columbus mm-hmm. on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, so I thought it was a three-hour drive to Columbus. And it's three and a half. Yeah. And that extra half hour, honestly, like, no, it kicked my butt. Yeah, man. I, it's tough. Three to three and a half feels really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were there for a couple hours. I got to see Oni from the Man uh, the Man Rock podcast. Awesome. And we got to play some games there. I finally got a Scalding Tarn. I've been I had been waiting for a Scalding Tarn to come in because I had been moving one around for so long. Mm-hmm. And Fetchlands are kind of still affordable. Well, well, they're kind of affordable right now. Uh, still. Yeah, I guess compared to a Scalding Tarn is only twenty five dollars. Yeah. yeah, still still twenty five dollar land, but yeah, but it, it used, used to be a lot worse. It used to be like ninety. Yeah, it used to be like ninety. <laughs> so I would, I didn't realize that the the order on TCG Player that I had literally it's like me looking in the window every day mm-hmm. had gotten canceled like ten days <laughs> earlier, and I missed the email entirely. So I'm like, where is this? I finally went to look, and I. It wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. It had been canceled. So I said, well, I'll buy one on there. There were a lot of, there were way more vendors at SCG Columbus than we had at Command Fest Indy. This crazy to me. There were so many vendors there. Is, was there a, uh, like a main event happening there at Columbus? Yeah, there was a modern. I think it was a $25,000 modern. Maybe people event. go to sell like, hey, do you need to buy a new modern deck before your event? I mean, it's possible. But yeah. there were a lot of vendors. There were a lot of artists. So I got to pick up some cool cards. Got to see some people there. Some, um, some other writers, uh, Nick Wolf from Commander's Herald was oh, nice. there um, getting some cards signed and stuff. So that was really fun. Um, other than that, we had like a family, a family get together. That's funny. where I, I, you know, I'm now feeling my age because mm. I, I have twin nieces and they're today, actually today, today, yeah, is their first day of kindergarten. Oh, so that's fun. They're at that age, but in the pool, they were like, throw me, throw me. Mm-hmm. And so I go, okay. And after like the 30th time, I was like, wow. My arms are noodles, and I'm about to throw my back out. I pulled everything. <laughs> I have pulled everything there is. So, um, yeah, last thing was fun. I got to play a few games, so that was great. Good. Um, yeah, so there's that. I, I played a couple of games on Friday night myself that went way, 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 way too long, but they were very fun. So thanks to everyone in the Discord for uh, getting me some stuff. Now, don't forget that this week we are also doing a drawing for the winners of our Dominaria United Preconstructed Commander decks, as well as, obviously, the more important giveaway, uh, the eight copies of Zatalpa that we're giving away, eight unique copies of Zatalpa. One for every single printing that there is. I guess there were a couple in Ixalan because there was pre-release promo. Yes. And- the- and there was a there was a, a a bonus pack printing where it comes with a little planeswalker stamp 
Yeah, on it. yeah, one of the the ones from when like you went to like F and M and you hand, they handed out yes. Packs. Su- surprisingly, I guess surprising to me because I ordered them all off of TCG Player. Um, it, I just thought like maybe one of them would have like different artwork. They don't. It's all the same artwork. Even the new one that's being printed in the I I actually didn't even look it up. Is it the is it the Dihada um precon that it's yeah, printed in? Yeah, yeah, the 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 three color Mardu legendary yeah. deck. Okay. Yeah. So um that's the printing we're getting this well, time. Yeah, we have to I still have to go pick that one up because they were all uh, pre-sale for like a dollar a piece. I'm pretty sure we can get it for 50 cents if we go to our LGS. <laughs> you can get it for like free because <laughs> someone has like 100 copies. Someone wants to upgrade their Diada deck and they're taking Zatalpa out. Well, shame on you, but also if you are, we will take that. Exactly. Zatalpa. So make sure you enter those. They're on Twitter. Just like and retweet. Um mm-hmm. we're going to be picking the winner this this Friday, yes. um September 9th. So um make sure you get in and we will have the commander deck shipped to you directly which is exciting yes um also we would like to welcome a new patron griffin thank you so much for becoming a patron welcome to the project uh school is back in session it is it just started it just started but we're taking electives it's going to be an easy summer yeah i did skip all of my oh, it's first fall it's not even summer it's semester anymore now, yeah crap it's like a real semester yeah. now i was gonna say i did skip all of my first classes so if you could summarize all the syllabuses <laughs> for me that would be <laughs> no. fantastic that's the easiest week to make though it's that's, just when they learn it's also who the easiest you are. week to miss so that way they don't know who you are and oh. you can get away with whatever you want with anything <laughs> you ever seen that there's that video of like that guy who's about to turn in his test late or something and the professor's like well you can't turn it in late and like do you even know what my name is and he just like throws all the papers on the ground and like throws his in the pile somewhere and it's like well that you can't do that if the professor knows your name (laughs) could you also just show up to class and be a good it's a responsible (laughs) thing that i never was able to to figure out i'm sorry it took me until i would say like my second year in college and then i was really i was really good student as as the years went on, I got worse and worse. As I read student. every page of Ugh. all the things that they assigned out. Oh, mm, nope. I learned so many things that could have been avoided I, because they were unnecessary. I learned to get around a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if you would like to join the project and you are not supporting us, you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod and donate for any dollar amount. We... We want to thank everybody who is a patron and for everybody who comes back and listens to our show week after week. We would not be here without you. Thank you so much for your support. Yeah, and if you want to support in any other way, you can find us on any platform you can currently find podcasts. So if you're on those platforms, you can find us. uh, Leave us a rating, a like, a subscribe, a follow. Um, We're also on all the social medias. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and you can email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. So please check us out everywhere you can. Now, we're not on all the social medias. <laughs> Which we're, one are we not on? We're not on Facebook. Oh, that's true. We're not. I, I can't manage a Facebook page. I finally got rid of Facebook from my phone. Oh, I just okay. can't see my aunt's everything that's all that they that's all it is is my aunts posting like memes of coffee in the morning yes. and like my grandma <laughs> posting photos like i i'm done with facebook yeah, i got a, i got a facebook account for facebook marketplace and for facebook messenger and i've learned you can get rid of your facebook and keep facebook messenger there you go which is where we have our group chat yes. for everything yes. so uh, no facebook needed uh mike What are we talking about this week? Well, last week we talked about uh, Dominaria United and our favorite cards. So, of course, this week we're talking about Commander Spellbook. We're going to go through the Dominaria United cards that we got, what combos they are giving us, and uh, talk about some of our favorite ones. All right, let's go check out these combos. (music) 
As always, for these episodes, we have to thank the folks over at Commander Spellbook for having such an easy to use search engine for Commander and EDH combos. If you have not heard one of our combo episodes yet, we select a few combos from their website and then we talk about what decks we might run them in or where you might be able to add them if you aren't currently running a combo in a deck or maybe you're finding that a deck you have doesn't have a way to close the game out. You're looking for maybe a combo, a combo to end the game. Um, you're going to find it here. So you can check out the link to their site in the show notes below, or you can honestly just Google Commander Spellbook and it's going to bring it's up right the website. There. It's yeah. really good. It's so it's so easy to use. So um, you'll find it um, pretty, pretty easily here. So the first combo I want to talk about is mono black this is with the uh i would say probably the namesake card of the set maybe it's, not but i feel like it is it's also from what from the early videos i've seen very very strong in commander and in standard and in standard this is shieldra the apocalypse of four five legendary praetor um phyrexian praetor for two black black and it's, it has death touch and whenever you draw a card you gain two life whenever an opponent draws a card you lose two life so if you pair this with a very popular sorcery in both uh, competitive commander and non-competitive commander, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. peer into the abyss, you can just go ahead and have one opponent lose the game. You can get near infinite life loss, uh, near infinite card draw for a specific opponent. And I like how this requires an opponent to draw and you're not actually playing it on yourself, which right. is interesting because you always peer into the abyss on yourself. Mm -hmm. So peer into the abyss is a sorcery for four black, black, black that says target player draws cards equal to half the number of cards in their library and loses half their life round up each time. So all you have to do is have Peer into the Abyss in your hand and shield her down the battlefield. And then an opponent has to have at least half their deck. So, I mean, unless they've been drawing and discarding, I mean, you are doing this on turn seven if you just do it naturally. So sure. they shouldn't have gotten hopefully that far. Mm -hmm. But all you do is you gasp you're into the abyss and you target an opponent to have them draw half their deck and lose half their life. Shieldred's second ability resolves, which is um whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. So they're just they're gonna lose two life for each card that they draw mm -hmm. and then they die. Yeah. So they have to draw 20 to lose 40 life, which is a 40 card library. Yeah, that's easy. It, it's super easy. So super easy to do. The combo itself is $37. Um, probably won't be that expensive in a couple of months. I'm not sure Shieldred is going to maintain the, the current pre-order price, which is what this is based right. off of. Right. But that's not too expensive if you're looking for this. I have seen a lot of discussion, I will say, on Quasa, which is the sure. uh, Asper commander. Mm -hmm. You can add Shieldred, slot it right in. Easily. Um, yeah, uh, Brewing with Conviction. Um they were talking about that. That was super exciting. So, um, but it's cool that you can do it with this this face commander as well. Yeah, I like the 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 backup strategy of if an opponent doesn't have enough cards for you to kill them with the, this combo, you can just peer into the abyss yourself and gain more life than you just paid to draw half of your deck. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, the backup is I get half my deck and a bunch of life. So why not? Um, but speaking of uh, uh, Shieldred, we've got a few more combos here. One of them that actually will fit into um, that Esper deck that you just mentioned. Um, but we're going to start with, uh, there. this is Shieldred in combination with a Lich effect. And I'll have to explain uh, a Lich. So, um, for example, Lich's Mastery. So Shieldred the Apocalypse in combination with Lich's Mastery, which is an enchantment. Lich's Mastery for three black, black, black. You get a legendary enchantment with Hexproof that says you can't lose the game. Whenever you gain life, draw that many cards. 
Whenever you lose life, for each one life you lost, exile a permanent you control or a card from your hand or graveyard. When Lich's Mastery leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. So with these cards in combination, um, this also works. We get the same text on the uh, enchantment Lich for black, 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 and Nefarious Lich uh, for black, 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 which is also on an enchantment. Uh, it's going to have the same text where whenever we gain life, we're going to draw that many cards and we can't lose the game. Those are the two most important things. Um, so in order to start this combo, you need to have both permanents on the battlefield. You need to either gain any amount of life or draw a card. Either one is going to start the combo of allowing you to then draw cards and gain life via the shielded triggers. Um, and you might think, oh, this might be bad because I'm going to draw out my entire deck. But that really nice little piece of uh, vocab there on Lich's Mastery that says you can't lose the game helps it. So you can just draw your entire deck and then try to win afterwards. Um, this does also go infinite with Drog Skull Reaver, which is where you're going to find uh, in your Esper deck. Um, already goes infinite with Quaza, Drog Skull Reaver. So for five, a white and a blue, you get a three, five spirit with flying, double strike, and lifelink. This is whenever you gain life, draw a card. This unfortunately does not have the you can't lose the game text. So you need to make sure you resolve your laboratory baniac for two and a blue that says if you were draw from an empty library, you win the game instead of lose the game uh, before you actually start the combo with Drog Skull Reaver. Yeah, these are these are cool. It's just a way to to kind of I mean, I like just drawing my whole deck. So even yeah. if you just even if you can just peer into the abyss yourself and then you know, find a way to just draw out all your cards. And, and then like dark ritual yourself into five mana, put out a scourge familiar that allows you to discard cards for black mana and then combo, 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 combo. And hopefully someone doesn't remove your permanent that says when it leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. Yes. You're a lich. Yes. Um, you don't, you don't want that. I'm glad you, you, you explained lich's mastery and not lich. <laughs> it's too hard to, it's too hard to read. <laughs> the, the original lich. <laughs> Let's move away from mono black into, is it? So we're in blue red with Nayal the storm runner, a five, four Ifrit wizard that honestly, I kind of shrugged off because I was like, eh, it's an uncommon commander. It costs five. This is a filler commander, but for two blue, blue, and a red, you get a legendary creature that says you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. So um, if I if I researched it correctly, and I really hope that I did, I think this is the only legendary creature that gives you this effect. Which I is, think that's right. That's that's pretty cool because the there's um a legendary uh, the Teferi the the blue white Teferi three fairy Teferi time bender time raveler time, time raveler, raveler. Yeah. that that lets you do something similar. I okay. mean that also stops your opponents, but um. This, in combination with Wheel of Misfortune and Mindslaver, really just kills one of your opponents. Yeah, it really does. So Wheel of Misfortune um, is a sorcery for two and a red. It says each player secretly chooses a number, zero or greater, and then all players reveal those numbers at the same time to reveal the highest and lowest numbers revealed. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the highest number to each player who chose that highest number, and then each player who did not choose the lowest number draw seven it seems really confusing but it's a wheel of fortune where you just don't want to be the lowest you also don't want to be the highest but if you are if you only if you only like uh i don't know anti like eight it's really not that big sure why not i don't think i've ever not drawn off wheel of misfortune i think i've always drawn and in the beginning i was trying to go really high and i was like no i'll just say five someone's gonna say 12 and someone's gonna say zero sure someone doesn't want to wheel their hand because if you're the lowest you don't have to wheel. yeah you just say zero you just say zero Combine that with the card Mindslaver, a very, very um, popular, but maybe not 
played super often because it doesn't it's not it's not the most friendly card i, I guess imagine it's pretty high on the salt scale it's probably very high on the salt scale but six colorless for a legendary artifact that has pay for and tap it sacrifice it you control target player during their next turn so what you do is you just need to play nail the storm runner you need to have wheel of misfortune in your hand and then you need to uh, mind slaver. So you have your mind slaver out. You steal your opponent's turn. You go to their turn, and because your instants and sorceries have flash, you cast Wheel of Misfortune, and then you you pay all of their life mm-hmm. for their Wheel of Misfortune anti vote, mm-hmm. and then they they die. Yeah, they do. And then you wheel. You get to wheel. You, de- you definitely wheel, <laughs> yep. and you take an opponent out, which feels very reminiscent of like um, Emrakul when someone else has like a hatred in hand. So Emrakul, mm-hmm. the promised end, lets you do Mind Slaver's effect when it enters, and you actually cast it. Mm-hmm. And I, this has happened to me twice. Hatred is a card where you can pay life and give your creature plus x plus x for the amount of life you paid and when you play it with a commander that's cool because yeah. you get commander damage mm-hmm. um the number of times that the number of times it's literally two but the number <laughs> of times my turn has been stolen from an emrakul or yeah. a mind slaver mm-hmm. when i had the hatred in hand mm-hmm. and then they paid all my life it, it's memorable oh yeah and i don't do well with sabotage turns i really don't but sure. this doesn't feel so much sabotage as it feels like Sorry, I'm. St- I was still gonna cast the spell. I'm yeah. just gonna do it during your turn. Yeah, I'm gonna do it during your turn, and I'm gonna force you to die. So if you're looking for a way to steal an opponent's turn and just kill them off of a spell that you cast yeah. at flash speed, this is your. I would build this deck just to do this. Yeah, this is. I mean, and you can. It's so silly. I mean, you could probably also just put Emrakul in here too, right? You don't. You could do Emrakul instead of Mind Slaver, or do both. Run them both. Why not? why not have backup for your will of well, misfortune? And Emrakul has has protection from instance. So now you can use like sorceries that buff your Emrakul at instant speed with your commander. So oh. now the whole deck is building about around Emrakul. All right. So this is Nail the Storm Runner, <laughs> Mind Saver, Emrakul of Misfortune deck. Yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> I think it. it's I think it's silly. It's ridiculous. I'm not sure it, if you pull it off once. I don't know if you'll ever pull it off again because you do have to have these cards. You do. Granted, you have cards like Gamble and you have ways to tune sure. it in in blue red, but it's six. It's ten mana to mind slaver. Six yeah. mana to cast it. Four to sack it. I mean, this is not an unfair thing to do. No, there's probably honestly. more efficient ways to kill your opponent. It's probably a bad way to win with this deck. <laughs> but honestly, go for it. Do it up. Uh, awesome. Well, um, if you're not familiar with the sacrifice outlets, Ashnod's altar, Phyrexian altar, uh, and the like, you're gonna get you're gonna get used to it in this episode here because we've got a lot of combos that deal with them. The first up here. We have Blade Wing Deathless Tyrant, our brand new card from Dominaria United. This is a 6-6 for 5, a black, and a red for a dragon skeleton with flying and haste. It says whenever Blade Wing Deathless Tyrant deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, for each creature card in your graveyard, create a 2-2 black zombie knight creature token with menace. This is a really, really good card on its own, but it does uh, combo very well with an enchantment called Aggravated Assault. For two and a red, you get an enchantment that allows you to pay three red red into it to untap all creatures you control. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. Play this ability only anytime you could play a sorcery. So in combination with a Phyrexian Altar or a Thermopod, a Phyrexian Altar is a three generic mana artifact that allows you to sacrifice a creature to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And Thermopod is a a slug snow creature for four and a red you get a four three 
um, that says uh, you can pay a snow and thermopod gains haste until end of turn. You could sacrifice a creature to add red to your mana pool. Yeah. Uh, in combination with this, Blade Wing will be able to get in. Uh, if it's unblocked, it'll uh, hit for six damage, create six 2-2 two, two black zombie knight creature tokens. You can sacrifice five of them to your thermopod or to your Phyrexian altar to feed into your aggravated assault. Um, and then you can continue to swing with your Blade Wing. Um, if your opponent's head an infinite amount of life and some way to not lose the game from commander damage. I guess you're going to be creating infinite uh, uh, skeleton or sorry, zombie knight creature tokens with menace. Um, but chances are you're just going to be winning the game with infinite combats. Yeah. I mean, you do have to have six creatures in your graveyard to oh, make this true. happen anyway, because you only make the two, two knights for, um, for each creature in your graveyard, for each creature in your graveyard. Mm -hmm. So it's not happening quick. So there's definitely way more involved than just three these three cards. Right. So you, you have to be able to mill yourself or lose a couple of creatures. But if you can get it there. Yeah. I'm sure Rakdos has a way of getting creatures into their graveyard. Um, I don't think they do. No. I, I mean, they, they printed that like chainer guy a while back. The, the black red chainer guy that cares about casting creatures from your graveyard. But how do you get them in there without just having them die oh maybe he says discard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a that's a fun combo for a card that i haven't seen talked about too much that yeah that new um probably because it's seven mana but it's got haste it does stuff as soon as it comes down why not let's make it I, happen i mean i have played against black red colagon dragons before sure. so i mean you could just slot some of this in it seems really fun uh, a card that we didn't talk about a ton last week was Dihada Binder of Wills. This is the face commander for the Mardu uh, Precon Commander deck. Um, if you combine that with Underworld Breach and the card Flicker, you can actually infinitely mill uh, yourself. Uh, you can make near near infinite treasure tokens, colored mana. You basically get storm count. You can also get Magecraft triggers. So um, all you have to do is have Flicker in your graveyard, and then you need to have Dihada and Underworld Breach on the battlefield. And Dihada needs to have at least four loyalty counters. So let's read Dihada. Um, it is a Planeswalker with five loyalty, one red, white, and black. Uh, it says plus two. Up to one target legendary creature. Gains vigilance, lifelink, and indestructible until your next turn. We don't care about that one. <laughs> it also says minus three. Reveal the top four cards of your library. Put any number of legendary cards from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Create a treasure token for each and put um, uh, for each card put into your graveyard this way. And then it does have a minus 11 of basically insurrection. Um, gain control of all non-land permanents, though. So it's not even just creatures. It's non-land no, permanents, which is pretty yeah. cool. And then let's read Underworld Breach. So it's an enchantment for one and a red. Each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost plus exiling three other cards from your graveyard. Um, you can only do this on a single turn. Uh, Underworld Breach comes out and you have to sack it at the end of your turn. So you got to do all this like on the same turn. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Flicker is a sorcery for one and a white. Remove target non-token permanent from the game. Then return it to play under its owner's control. So what you're going to do is you're going to activate D how to second ability uh, by removing three loyalty counters. And you're going to mill four cards and create four treasure tokens. And then you're going to activate um, two of your treasures by tapping and sacking them to get one and a white mana for Flicker. And you're gonna cast Flicker from the graveyard for its escape cost. So you're gonna cast it and exile three other cards. And you're gonna blink Dihada, which is gonna reset Dihada to five loyalty counters. And then you're gonna just continue from there. So you can mill yourself. You're gonna need something. This is just like milling, making treasures. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not doing anything on its own yet right but you know like you mentioned there's other cards that care about things just being in the graveyard mm -hmm. so 
you've got chainer. You have creatures that just get larger when there's creatures in the graveyard. You have you have lots of ways to do things. Or like like it says, magecraft triggers. You can you can there's you this one you like you have to pair something with it. But it's just silly that in these three cards, these three cards I would not have expected to see together. Just you're like, ah, I mill my deck. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you can I think, mill out. I think if you put all four cards in your graveyard every single time, you're only using two of the treasures to cast Flicker. You can do it like 20 times with a deck that's pretty pretty full still. Maybe maybe a little bit less than 20. Yeah, Dihad is your commander. Maybe you do it like 15 times. Sure. So you're going to get 30 treasure tokens by the end of it. Um, and even you can sacrifice one or two of those treasure tokens to put a card in your hand. And you're putting 60 in the graveyard. Mass something in the Yeah, something in the graveyard <laughs> is going to do something for you. Yeah, I think so. So um, I thought this was just a neat a neat card to talk about. And I think Dihada is a super cool commander. And I'm here for more uh, Planeswalkers that can be your commander. Yes. And I do like that this this combo is how I would call a very fair combo. Everything is at sorcery speed in this combo. So you can play Underworld Breach and it not be nasty. And I think this is this it. Is like it. if you want to show somebody what you can do, do Flicker, Underworld Breach, Tihada, and then tell us what else you're going to pair with it to win the game. Yes. Because we want to know. Here's your here's your two card upgrade to your Tihada precon <laughs> if you win it from our giveaway. <laughs> All right, Andy, you'll never guess that they came out with another infinite combo for the Locust God. Oh my gosh, we broke it finally? It's finally broken. Broken. They're they're it cannot be any more broken. Um, but brand new card, Weatherlight Completed, is going to be uh triggering this combo. So Weatherlight Completed is a two generic mana legendary artifact vehicle 5-5 five, five, with no crew cost. Uh, it has flying. It says as long as Weatherlight Completed has four or more Phyresis counters on it, it's a Phyrexian creature in addition to its other types. And whenever a creature you control dies, put a Phyresis counter on Weatherlight Completed, then draw a card if it has seven or more Phyresis counters on it. If it doesn't, you get to scry one. So in combination with the Locust God, a six mana, four blue, red, four, four God with flying, it says whenever you draw a card, create a one, one blue and red insect creature token with flying and haste. Also has an activated ability that allows you to loot. And when it dies, it's hard to stay dead. It goes to your graveyard. You can put it back in your hand. In combination with a sacrifice outlet. It doesn't have to be any particular sacrifice outlets. All of them are going to be doing different things for you. But in this instance, we're looking at Phyrexian Altar, the three generic mana artifact that you can sack a creature to add one mana of any color. So during the course of the game, you're probably going to be drawing some cards and creating some locusts. And you need to be able to get seven Phyresis counters on Weatherlight Completed for this combo to actually begin. Uh, once that happens, every time you sacrifice one of your locusts, you'll draw a card and make another locust to replace it. So uh, with Phyrexian Altar, you're going to be netting an infinite amount of colored mana. Uh, with Goblin Bombardment, you can just ping all of your opponents down uh, to complete death. Uh, with Altar of Dementia, you can mill all of your opponents out. Uh, depending on what instant speed sacrifice, repeatable sacrifice outlet you're using is how you're going to kill your opponents. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm already running Phyrexian Altar and I'm running Astronaut's Altar in the Locust God deck. I don't play it a ton because it does feel like a combo deck, although mm -hmm. it doesn't have to win that way. Sometimes it just wins through Strixhaven Stadium, which I find happens a lot now, which yeah. is, it's not that difficult of a combo to pull off. Right. That might be the best card for Strixhaven Stadium, but this was not something that I had like pegged as being oh, this fits in the Locust Guide. And after seeing it written out like this, I go, yeah, actually, it's pretty easy to do. And the combo itself says you need to control, you know, at least one additional creature because you got to sack one of the bugs to make, no, just over time. Because 
and I think we mentioned it last week, and if we didn't, maybe I should have. But Weatherlight Completed is a card that it just no one needs to remove it. No. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like it's not doing much until it's doing too much. Yeah. But but at that point it's a creature, so maybe it's easier to remove, which is nice. I okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So maybe they've instance to be instant speed removal. But with the way that this works, if you have two extra creatures, yeah. you win at instant speed over it yeah. by, or, or by if, looping. Or if you even have the four mana to activate Locust God's ability to loot once to create the creature to again. To then kind of keep going, depending on depending on what like to your point, what win condition you're playing True. with. Because you might make a bunch of mana and go, all right, I did it. And now I don't have anything to do. Right. But you, I guess, are drawing through your deck. Yes. So you're going to find, you're going to find whatever answer it is that you need. Hopefully. And, <laughs> it, no, you, you definitely will. <laughs> and hopefully you have a split second card in your deck where you can just like do something with it. Yeah. I don't know. I like this, this combo a lot. I opened a weather like completed, which is exciting. Nice. And you can do all of this for just over $40. Um, and that price will come down, but not by much because no. Fire and Altar is the majority of that price. Yeah, it sure is. Um, I'm going to talk about a green, a green combo here with green sleeves, Mara Sorcerer, and then two cards that we've talked about in the past, Kudama the East Tree and Guildless Commons, which is a pretty fun combo to pull off. So green sleeves, Mara Sorcerer is a star star elemental for three green green. It has protection from planeswalkers and wizards. Okay. So, you know, um, that's not very common, but fun to see. It has uh, power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. So that's cool. And then it says whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you create a three, three green badger creature token, which is also brand new. Those badger creature tokens, is, they're, they're pretty cute. They're pretty cute. Um, and if you're as old as we are, you've seen the Badger video yes. on, on YouTube. On the on well, Newgrounds, wherever on Newgrounds, it came out I, first. I, I don't know. know. It was definitely not on YouTube before, <laughs> but um, you you definitely are singing it if you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. Um, if you pair that with Kadama the East Tree and Guildless Commons, you, you, you have uh, infinite creature tokens under the battlefield and landfall triggers. So... Uh, Kodama the East uh, of the East Street is a 6 6 spirit for four green green with reach. It says, Whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, if it was not put onto the battlefield with this ability, you can put a permanent card with equal or lesser converted mana cost from your hand onto the battlefield. And then you can do this combo in with any of the, the, the bounce lands. So, right. um, this one works the way we're explaining it because. It's all mono green, so you can have green sleeves as your commander. Mm-hmm. But you can put green sleeves in a landfall deck that is red green, or you could put it in teamer. You could put it four. You could do five color landfall. I mean, whatever sure. landfall it fits in. But we're gonna stay colorless here, so that Mar- uh, green sleeves Mara Sorcerer can be your commander with guildless commons. It enters the battlefield tapped. It's a land, and it says when it enters the battlefield, return a land you control to its owner's hand. So all you do here is you you need to have. Um, Maro, uh, Green Sleeves, Maro Sorcerer, and Kodama the East Tree on the battlefield. Guildless Commons needs to be in, in, in your hand, and you need to be able to play a land for turn. So you put Guildless Commons on the battlefield, triggering itself, Kodama, and Green Sleeves. Mm-hmm. So you're going to resolve Kodama. You're going to put nothing from your hand onto the battlefield. You resolve Guildless Commons, returning it from the battlefield to your hand. Mm-hmm. And you're going to resolve Green Sleeves by making a badger. The Badger enters, triggering Kodama, which puts green uh, the Guildless Commons from your hand onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And then the Guildless Commons enters, triggering itself in green sleeves. You return the Guildless Commons to your hand, and then you make a Badger, and you just keep going. Yeah. So now you're making infinite Badgers, infinite enter the battlefield triggers, infinite landfall triggers. If you have something that's going to work with all that, you know, again, this is another combo. You kind of still need something to happen. Mm-hmm. 
but if you know your opponents maybe don't have a board wipe, just make five thousand badgers and yeah. pass the turn. They need to remove five thousand badgers. Nah, resolve that newly inexpensive concordant crossroads and swing with them with haste. Okay. Concordant Crossroads has been reprinted twice, double masters and in a secret layer. So mm -hmm. if you have it, all your badgers can swing very quickly. So that would be a four card combo. But this is fun. I really like Green Sleeves, which is a um a set booster exclusive, I believe, mm -hmm. from Dominaria United. So this is a deck that I think a lot of people are looking to build. So and I'd be happy to play against this one. So you'd say green sleeves is all your joy and green sleeves is your delight? Is that from the song? Yeah, I think that's the first two lines. Is it the, the first song. two? I, 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 I well, not the first lines. No, it's somewhere in the song. It's somewhere in the song. Okay. Yes. Then, then I say yes. Then you say yes. <laughs> yes to green sleeves. All right. So uh, we have a combo here with Danitha Benalia's Hope in mono white, which is pretty pretty cool. Uh, so Danitha Benalia's Hope is a five mana four and white human knight four four with first strike vigilance and lifelink. This is when Danitha Benalia's Hope enters the battlefield, you may put an aura or equipment card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield attached to Danitha. So in combination with the enchantment aura Gift of Immortality, for two and a white, you get an enchant creature. It says when an enchanted creature dies, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Return Gift of Immortality to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. We're actually going to be able to circumvent that last text because when Danitha re-enters the battlefield, we're going to take Gift of Immortality from our graveyard and stick it right back on Danitha Benalia's Hope. So we also need a way to kill Danitha. And again, uh, any of our altars, our colorless altars that sacrifice our creatures at, at instant speed. Would you say like a three generic mana artifact, like Phyrexian altar? I was going to say Ashnod's altar this time, just, oh, to, just to trick you off. Crap, man, I chose the wrong one, everyone. <laughs> but no, if you have your Phyrexian altar, three generic mana, sack a creature, add one mana of any color. Your Ashnod's altar, three generic mana, sack a creature, add two colorless to your mana pool. Uh, your Altar of Dementia, which is two mana, sack a creature, target opponent, mills cards equal to uh, the sacrifice creature's power. Um, any of those are going to be able to you know, produce a ton of mana for you, have all of the uh, enter the battlefield um, triggers. I, I, I particularly like um, uh, Altar of Dementia for this one, though, because you can mill yourself and eventually you can end up milling something like a Mantle of the Ancients. Uh, for three white white, it's an enchantment aura. It says enchant creature you control. When Mantle of the Ancients enters the battlefield, return any number of target aura and or equipment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to enchanted creature. That's so good. <laughs> enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each aura and equipment attached to it. So you, you use the combo, fill your entire graveyard up, then return Mantle of the Ancients to, to play everything. And I, I haven't come up with the pile yet, but I'm sure there's a pile that helps you uh, completely win. Um, this particular combo is costing like th about $40, but again, that's because of the price of uh, Phyrexian Altar or Ashnod's Altar. If you look at uh, Altar of Dementia, the combo actually goes down to about $10 for the whole thing. Oh, nice. If you are outside of Mono White, there is a blue enchantment that's going to do the same thing as Gift of Immortality. That's Fool's Demise for four and a blue, an enchant aura, enchant creature. When enchanted creature dies, turn that card to the battlefield under your control. When Fool's Demise is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return Fool's Demise to its owner's hand. So this one um, isn't going to stay in the graveyard. Um, you probably could have it come back from the graveyard. Uh, 
with the stack, but you don't need it to because Danitha Benelli's Hope can also put an aura equipment from your hand into play. So Fool's Demise will get around that. But again, that would mean Danitha and Fool's Demise are in the 99. So a little bit harder to put that combo together. I like that the original one feels like Voltron, but also combo. Maybe that's what I need to make Voltron fun for me you because need, I just feel bad. Like, you need a mono white combo deck. Well, I mean, I had Heliod Sun yeah. crowned, but that wasn't Voltron. That was just like, like something huge. Or... What, what was the Kamigawa mono white Voltron deck that you had put together? Oh, Light, Light Paws. Paws Emperor's Voice. Yeah. Yeah, that one. That was pretty good too. Oh, it's very good. It It's just, you know, you play three cards and then you just turn sideways. That's kind of just how the deck works. Right. But this feels like I could do a lot more. Yeah. I get to do a lot more and then hopefully get there. I don't know. It'd I haven't be... figured it out. Voltron's not my thing. Okay. Right. It's hard. Well, maybe maybe the I, new it's... assassin will be your Voltron. That way you only have to kill one person and you win the game. Well, you only make one other person lose though. You don't win, right? I, well, think, I think you win. I thought it was Ramses. I thought it was someone loses. I or think... Oh, maybe you do win. Yeah. If you attacked someone with a rogue or something, the turn that they lose, you win the game, I believe is what it says. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. That card, we didn't talk about a ton of that, but <laughs> no. that, that, that card also has a lot of discussion. <laughs> oh, it is a you win the game. That, that card has a lot of discussion about collusion and yes. being fair. and Definitely. It's Listen, I want to see it happen once, but I want to see it happen <laughs> to with someone Alex. else. No, no, no. It can, it can be to me. Oh, I just, okay. I don't want it to be like, here, swing at me. I definitely won't block. So you just win. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's, that's, you know. I gotcha. Yeah. Let's talk about blue black though. Um, with a more affordable combo here. So around $11.60, I want to talk about pirates with Ramirez, DiPietro, Pillager. Um, but it's not really a pirates combo. It's mostly just Ramirez is the pirate that's doing all the work yeah but i gotta tell you guys we broke dead eye navigator finally oh uh, oh my gosh we finally I didn't realize did it. that it only took this many years since that eye navigator came out yeah. so um this is with ramirez dpietro pillar pillager dead eye navigator and nadir's nightblade so ramirez dpietro pillager is a 4-3 human pirate for two blue black it has when ramirez enters the battlefield you lose two life and create two treasure tokens and whenever one or more pirates you control deal combat damage to a player exile the top card of your library you may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled then you have to pair that with dead eye navigator a five five spirit not a pirate for blue blue uh, it has soul bound um when this is paired with another creature um you they they gain an ability so uh as as long as dead eye navigator is paired with another creature each of those creatures has pay one and a blue exile it and return it to the battlefield under your control so you can blink them which is really really cool mm -hmm. um and then finally you need nadir's nightblade a one three elf warrior again not a pirate uh for two and a black it has whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield each one loses one life and you gain one life so all you have to do is have all the permanents on the battlefield dead eye navigator has to be paired with um ramirez and your life total is at least three because you are going to lose life and then gain life. And Ramirez makes you lose two when it enters. So you you can't do it when you're at two because mm -hmm. you will just lose. Mm -hmm. And then you have to have one and a blue available. So what you do is you pay two and you blink Ramirez. It enters the battlefield and you pair it again because Dead Eye Navigator, uh, whenever a creature enters, you can pair it. You lose two life and you create two treasures. Um and then the uh, Nadir's Nightblade will trigger, and each one's going to lose a life and you gain a life. Um, because when you blink it again, you're sacking two treasures to pay for that activated ability of mm -hmm. Dead Eye Navigator. 
so you just you just keep repeating and all your opponents lose one life and and you gain one life and um that's how you win it's actually it's it's silly i guess it works if ramirez is your commander if you want to just play flicker blink combo in blue black listen i'm here to change it up if you already have a deck that's running dead eye navigator and blinking things Mm -hmm. you could just change it up i've done that before it's like i don't want to play this commander Mm -hmm. but i want to play 50 percent of these cards still i'm just going to change it to this commander so i can show you it works this way amen i mean i had a i had a atris oracle of half truths that was like just blue black deck with atris as the commander that's it so why the blue black and it, you know your blue black decks you're blinking you're reanimating all that kind of jazz you're probably going to put a dead eye navigator on there i hope you didn't just learn about dead eye navigator if not welcome to the world of blinking yeah <laughs> just over ten dollars this one's super affordable Definitely. so not too bad i really like nadir's nightblade too i have that in a bunch of decks all right enough about blue and black let's talk about green and white uh featuring queen Eleanor of rudok ruadok Something like that. Get me in the comments if I pronounce it wrong. Ruadach. Ruadach. Rudach. 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 So this is an elf noble for green, white, white. That is star, star power. Queen Eleanor of Rudach's power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control. If one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, those tokens plus a 1-1 white soldier creature token are created instead. Uh, So in combination with Requiem Angel, a six mana angel, five and a white, five, five flying, says whenever another non-spirit creature you control dies, put a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield and a sacrifice outlet that you can fit within the green and white colors, which are most of the time going to be your Phyrexian Altar, Ashnod Altar, and Altar of Dementia. So um, in order to start this, you need to have another non-spirit creature that you can sacrifice to your altar. Um, and when you do sacrifice it, you're going to create a spirit creature with Requiem Angel, which will also trigger Queen Eleanor and create a 1-1 white soldier creature token in addition to that 1-1 white spirit creature token. You can then sacrifice that soldier creature token to your altar to repeat the loop, creating another flying 1-1 white spirit creature token. Um, With Altar of Dementia, you'll be able to mill all of your opponents out of the game. With all of your other altars, you'll be able to produce a ton of mana. Uh, Hopefully you can get a haste enabler out there to swing with all your 1-1 flyers uh, if that's the way that you're going to win. But again, I recommend Altar of Dementia. It's also the cheapest combination out here. You can do this combo for under $10 this way uh, and mill all of your opponents out in green-white. Which is three cards. Which is three cards. Just three cards. Let's stay in green-white, but let's add red. Okay. And I want to talk about Hazazon, Shaper of Sand, uh, a card that both of us are very high on. We like this card a lot. It's very mm-hmm. popular. It's, um, I guess, not very popular. It's very unique and works really well with cards from your favorite playing Amonkhet. It's the best. Um, because it deserts. works really well with deserts. So Hazazon, Shaper of Sand for red, green, white. It's a 3-3 human warrior with desert walk. You may play a desert uh, from your graveyard, and whenever a desert enters the battlefield under your control, you create two 1-1 red and green uh, and white sand warrior creature tokens. Uh, I already talked about Kodama the East Tree, but as a refresher, whenever a permanent enters the battlefield, uh, enter your control. If it wasn't put onto the battlefield with this ability, you may put a permanent card with equal or lesser converted mana cost from your hand onto the battlefield. Um, and you pair this with Storm Cauldron. So an artifact for five colorless. Each player may play an additional land during their turns. Whenever a land is tapped for mana, return it to its owner's 
hand. So all you have to do is have all of these permanents on the battlefield have a desert card either in your graveyard or in your hand um, so that it enters the battlefield untapped because Hazazon lets you play deserts from your graveyard and you can play a land this turn. So um, you play a desert from your hand or your graveyard. It enters triggering Kodama and Hazazon. You resolve Kodama trigger first, putting nothing from your hand onto the battlefield. Then Hazazon makes two Sand Warrior creature tokens um, when they enter the battlefield, they, they trigger Kodama two times. You resolve the first trigger by putting nothing from your hand onto the battlefield. And then you hold priority and you activate your desert by tapping it for one mana, which then triggers Storm Cauldron, which says whenever a land is tapped for mana, return it to its owner's hand. So then you put that um, uh, you put that back in your hand. Uh, and then you resolve the, the second Kodama trigger and you put a desert from your hand onto the battlefield. That desert enters, triggering Hazazon, making two Sand Warriors, and then you just kind of keep going. So you're making infinite Sand Warrior creature tokens. You're making infinite mana based on whatever color your deserts can produce. So mm -hmm. whether they're colorless or green, red, white, whatever they are, as long as they're entering untapped. So maybe Amulet of Vigor if that's needed, yeah. you know, because some of it, them enter tapped. Yeah, some of them enter tapped. Some of them pay, you have to pay life in order to tap for color. Uh, but colorless is almost always free. Right. So, uh, you know, We've got options to make them come in untapped. Um, mm -hmm. You can enter the uh, infinite enter the battlefield and infinite landfall triggers. So um, super popular. I like this a lot. I do want to build this deck. We mentioned last week that we were really huge fans of the Legends Retold Commanders. Definitely. And we might even talk a lot more about other legendaries next week on the episode. But Hazazon, this is really fun. I think it's a cool combo to have. Yeah. Really and this is where cool. you can um, lay out all of those Sand Warrior tokens that you're going to buy. And then... And then also have your dry erase tokens from us because yeah, there's true. so many tokens you're going to run out. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. You can't. I'm sorry, you can't represent infinite tokens with just the pile of tokens you have. You're going to need more tokens. Yeah, you have the dry erase token, and then you can write the number you decide. That's to make. right. Exactly. That's right. Don't write on your actual tokens. That would be a shame. Yes, uh, and this combo itself is not. It's not all that expensive. It's it's also ten dollars. Nice, very nice. Well, I have uh, another relatively cheap combo here. Uh, this one in the black and white colors with a brand new card called Activated Sleeper, which I love this card so, so much for all of the reanimation decks out there. And if you have a reanimation deck, you should probably put this in. This is like another clone effect, but in black. So Activated Sleeper for two and a black, you get a zero, zero Phyrexian Shapeshifter with Flash. It says you may have Activated Sleeper enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature card in a graveyard. That was put there from the battlefield this turn, except it's Phyrexian in addition to its other types. It combos with a card that has never comboed with another card ever before in, in its entire existence, Karmic Guide. Oh my gosh, we broke Karmic Guide. <laughs> we finally did it. Yes. Uh, Karmic Guide for three white white. You get an Angel Spirit 2-2 two, two with flying and pro black. It has Echo for three white white. So at the beginning of your upkeep, you have to pay the Echo cost. Otherwise, you have to sacrifice it um, if it's the first time it's seeing an upkeep. And when Karmic Guide enters the battlefield, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield in combination with a sack outlet. But we're in black now, so we can start using really cheap, affordable sack outlets on a stick on creatures. Uh, creature like Woe Strider or Viserysir uh, are creatures that are going to be able to instant speed, sacrifice another creature um, for Woe Strider and Viserysir both actually to scry one. Um, so that's going to keep the price of this combo down. But how this combo works is you're going to have to have Karmic Guide die at some point during your turn so that activated sleeper can enter as a copy of Karmic Guide. 
uh, activated sleeper as a copy of karmic guide is going to target karmic guide in your graveyard uh, before activated sleeper gets killed by your own sacrifice outlet when the new karmic guide enters the battlefield it's going to target activated sleeper um, and it's going to bring that back to the battlefield as a copy of karmic guide before that etb trigger resolves you're going to sacrifice your activated sleeper to woe strider um, and this is going to again depending on what sacrifice outlet you you use you're going to e either be able to scry whatever card you want to the top of your deck which seems a little not that great but you know with phyrexian altar and astronauts altar you can create an infinite number of mana um, in the black and white colors you're probably playing aristocrat uh, style strategies that'll be able to drain your opponent's life so hopefully in combination with something like azul port cutthroat you can actually just end the game um, but this combo you can get for under nine dollars at eight dollars and ten cents with woe strider here so uh, a very affordable orzhov uh, combo um, i do think you can replace karmic guide with phyrexian delver in this combo as well, when it, uh, Phyrexian Delver for five mana, three black, black, you get a three, two zombie. This is when Phyrexian Delver enters the battlefield, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. You lose life equal to that card's converted mana cost. So you'll have to find a way to offset the eight life every time you would bring both of them back to the battlefield. Um, but, you know, if you can find a way to offset that, you can actually do this combo in mono black. In mono black. All right. The last combo I'm talking about today is Miara, Scholar of Antiquity. So this is a new commander that's getting a lot of notoriety for being what might be the most busted of commanders that came from Dominaria United. This is a red-green commander. Uh, it's a 3-3 elf artificer for one, a red and a green. It has tap and untapped non-token artifact you control to add green to your mana pool. And then also says tap two untapped non-token artifacts you control, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. In combination with two cards that are known combo pieces, Pilly Pala and Heartstone, you, you, you essentially get um, infinite colored mana and then if you have ways to just draw cards in this deck, you're just going to win. But Pilly Pala is a 2-2, two, two, uh, I'm sorry, it's a 2-mana 1-1 one, one Scarecrow that has flying. Uh, it's colorless, which is very funny for this card. And it has pay to untap to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And then Heartstone is an artifact for three mana. Uh, it says the cost of each creature ability requiring an activation cost is reduced by one colorless. This cannot reduce it by more than one mana. So this combo right now is $6.50, and one of the cards is in your command zone. Heartstone is just pretty generically good for what's already going to be in your deck, so mm -hmm. you just need to find Pilly Pala. But essentially, you need all the permanents on the battlefield, and this took me a second to recognize that this was a combo that worked the way it does, but essentially, you tap the Pilly Pala creature to add green to your mana pool, because Miara lets you tap it and add green. And then Heartstone out, reducing Pilly Pala's untap ability to only costing one. You pay one and untap it with that green mana you made. As part of that untap ability, you also add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So now that is just going to stay in your mana pool because you're going to tap it again for green. And you use that green to untap. So any color you want to make, whether Miara is your commander or this is in some other commander deck, you can make any color of any any color mana, yeah. yeah, any amount of any color mana yes. that you want. Um, and then Miara just having tap to non-token artifacts. If you can get things that can untap, uh, you know, Seedborn Muse, things on other people's turns, mm -hmm. Pilly Pella itself untaps it. You can tap Pilly Pella and Heartstone together <laughs> to, to exile go. a card. I think this card's ridiculous. I am excited to see this commander. I've seen it all over Twitter. I've seen it on Reddit. I've seen it on other podcasts. Miara is ridiculous or 
Miria. Maybe it's not Miar, it's Miria. Um, but it's very reminiscent, and I can see it after hearing some other discussion as well, that it feels very much like red-green Urza. Right. And who cares about the the wheeling part, like the 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 what the Urza random oh, stuff. The random the, spells, yeah. This is just like, well, I know I get the top no matter what. Right. So it's like it's, it's like, crazy. Yeah, it's like I guess the, the the biggest difference, Urza can tap artifact tokens i don't know if the urza decks really cared about tapping artifact tokens right i don't know if they did but this is very cool so um if you're looking for a combo deck and maybe one that you know if you if you're looking for a higher power deck Mm -hmm. i feel like this one will fit the bill because i've seen a lot of discussion on it yeah it's Um, very cool i i I was curious to see if this or joyra ageless innovator would end up being the artifact commander that came out of this deck to be the most popular and I'm excited that it isn't Joyra, personally. Um, yeah, the last Joyra was pretty bananas. Bonkers, yeah. yeah. we have a friend that has that in our local play group, and it's still really good. Yeah, turns out just drawing cards for zero mana is, <laughs> yes, is, is, is good. real great. It's real great. <laughs> okay, so the last combo that I wanted to talk about is one, Andy, that you actually prepared for the episode, but I, I like it so much that I, I do want to talk about the Peregrine Dynamo. Uh, brand new card. Uh, from Dominaria United. For three generic mana, I get a legendary artifact creature construct for one power, five toughness with haste. It has uh, activated ability, pay one generic mana and tap it to copy target activated or triggered ability you control from another legendary source that's not a commander. You may choose new targets for that copy. I love the, this is, I think this might be the first time we've seen that's not a commander yes. on a card. Mm-hmm. And you have further notes on this, but that's crazy to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, a real cares about commander format card printed in dominaria united i hope this card wasn't printed in one of the uh the pre-contacts and I this isn't a pre-contact oh, okay. this is, this is not dominaria united this isn't a pre-contact <laughs> but they could have totally printed this in dominaria united and it would have been totally fine i don't see i don't think they they don't like to put the word commander on they cards don't. in the standard set they so. really don't yeah uh, but in combination with a mono white planeswalker what do you have a mono white planeswalker deck mike i do i talked about upgrading it to a blue white planeswalker deck though you did <laughs> yeah Juru with eyes open yes. this is very is very cool and i i wrote this down because i thought this would be great for that and then and I, as I continued reading, I was like, it doesn't work. <laughs> Not for your deck, at least. Um, but with Gideon Marshall Paragon. Paragon? Paragon. Paragon. <laughs> for four and a white, you get a, a Planeswalker Gideon that starts with five loyalty, which, if you're not aware, uh, Planeswalkers are legendary permanents. Um, for a plus two, you can untap all creatures you control. Those creatures get plus one, plus one until end of turn. For a zero, you can uh, until end of turn, Gideon turns into a 5-5 five, five human uh, soldier with indestructible. Uh, that's still a planeswalker, but prevent all damage that would be dealt to him this turn. And for minus 10, you can have creatures you control get plus two, plus two until end of turn. Tap all creatures your opponents control. I think this is fun seeing a Gideon that I think was in one of the planeswalker decks. I think that's correct. I think, which is... They're they're usually like they're cool, but like they're usually overcosted or maybe a little underpowered. This is cool seeing as a combo that works yeah. that will work, and I hope to see it in command. Well, and I remember um, like Gideon Tribal was being played in standard for a little bit in Amonkhet uh, because you had the Amonkhet Gideon that had an emblem that said you couldn't lose the game, and you still had Zendikar Gideon that could for zero loyalty uh, make a two-two and protect itself immediately. Fun. So much fun. I love that standard. Uh, so the steps of this combo is you activate Gideon's first loyalty ability, uh, putting two loyalty counters on it. And, and that says to untap all creatures you control, those creatures get plus one, plus one until end of turn. But holding priority before that uh, trigger resolves, 
you are going to activate all mana producing creatures you control by tapping them. Uh, you have to be able to produce at least two generic mana for this combination. So in work. this, there are mirror that tap for colors and tap for white. And I think I do play them because you are a little bit short when it comes to the color maybe producing it is mana possible rocks. You could do it. It'd be possible, hard, but very it's, difficult. maybe it's possible. But but you know, to be fair, Peregrine Dynamo in a Planeswalker deck, I think does make sense. Uh, and we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, so you activate the Peregrine Dynamo by paying the one generic mana and tapping it to copy that ability. You resolve the copy of uh, the first copy of Gideon's ability to untap all your creatures, which includes Peregrine Dynamo and anything else that produce mana. And then you can then uh, repeat that step over and over and over again. Um, so you're not going to be able to activate Gideon's any any other of Gideon's abilities on this turn because all you're doing is copying the one activation. So without Chain Veil or something like that, you're not going to be able to do the minus ten. Um, but at the very least, you're going to have you know, a billion uh, loyalty counters on your Gideon Marshall Paragon. Paragon, all of your creatures are going to have, you know, plus a plus half a billion, plus half a billion, because, you know, two loyalty counters for every plus one, plus one that you get. <laughs> um, and hopefully that will be enough to to get in and um, kill your opponents, or, or maybe you have some tap or untap triggers that are uh, milling or something like that. Right. Um, but that's in mono white. Now, now as, let's talk about Bant because there's one that yeah. there's a specific note on Esther the Mast because of Estrid your commander. This card, um, Peregrine Dynamo, says it can't be your commander. Right. So it, it does go infinite with Estrid the Masked as well. But but as it says, you can't target your commander. So Estrid has to be in the 99. So if you're playing a, a five-color deck or a Planeswalker deck or whatever with this, with, with tapping creatures, it'll work. But I just thought it was so interesting seeing yes. that it's like Astrid already combos with, with some things on her own already. But it's like, not if it's your commander. Right. You cannot take advantage of the Peregrine Dynamo. Um, so everybody, that's going to be it for this week. But if you have not checked out Commander Spellbook before, head over there. They also Definitely. have a Discord. If you go to their Discord, please tell them that we sent you. You can go and get um, contributor uh, badges. And if you want to submit a combo, you can see your combo appear on their website. Um, we have both submitted multiple combos in the past. Mm -hmm. So um, if you are playing combo decks and you don't see your com uh, your combo on their website, uh, go submit it and they'll, they'll get it added. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and like I mentioned earlier or alluded to, uh, we're going to be chatting, I think again about Dominaria United for one more week. Yes, we are. You know, we felt that we'd be kind of doing the set of disservice if we didn't really cover more of the legendaries because we, we talk about cards we want to play and then we like to encompass, but we didn't talk about a ton of the legendaries and we got a lot <laughs> between the, the main set, the supplemental sets, the commander decks, uh, you know, all the exclusives. So, um, I think we're going to chat about some commanders, uh, or legendary creatures, maybe their lore and maybe some cards that we play if we built them as a commander. Mm -hmm. So make sure you tune in next week. Um, and that's going to be it. So if you want to chat with me some more, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andy Flory. And you can find me on Twitter at Wormcoil Engine. And of course, if you haven't gotten into our giveaway yet, make sure you do that before Friday over on our Guardian Project Twitter uh, at The Guardian Project. Um, so check us out over there. Retweet, like those things for your chance to win eight giant 1-800 Are You Flapping Big Slapping Dinosaurs for all of your commander decks. It's, it's at Guardian Pod. At Guardian Pod. We, we messed up, but also it was already taken. We couldn't take Guardian Project, which was super unfortunate. But, it's at, but go to the at Guardian pod and retweet <laughs> and like everything. Okay, bye. Bye.